0: All right, welcome back to Isolated But Not Alone. Today's episode will be my first episode of bonus material. So we're going to kind of leave the pattern of looking at different mental health uh, theories and we're going to leave looking at specific marriage and family therapy theories and we're going to kind of talk about something that has happened locally. And I'm going to spend the next couple bonus podcasts talking about a local mental health agency that decided to close its doors in three counties near where I live. This bonus material is meant to reach out and connect locally where I live and where I do business. And with that being said, I have to be very careful about how I go about discussing this topic. It also is going to give kind of a glimpse of what I like to call the more dark side of mental health. So stay tuned. Hi, this is James Raines, and you're listening to Isolated But Not Alone, a podcast that seeks to bring mental health awareness to rural and isolated communities. I just wanted to take this time to let you know that this and other content produced by James Raines is not therapy and is not intended to be therapy or to replace therapy. Nothing in this podcast indicates or creates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek one in your area if you are experiencing any type of mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as specific life advice, and it is simply for the purpose of education. So when I had decided to do this podcast, it was in reference to a newspaper article Um, from a local county paper in reference to the mental health agency in which I worked. After I read this article, obviously I had some disagreements with it from my own personal understanding or my perspective. I received a phone call from a local concerned citizen um, who had been given my name as somebody who had recently been employed at that mental health agency and they wanted to talk. And so I remember initially getting the message that this individual wanted to talk, and instantly being afraid. This feeling of fear rising up inside of me, which then kind of came out of my body as anxiety, as to what should I say to this person? Is it even right to talk to that person? You know, at this point, I want to share that I had worked at this agency, so obviously there's a bias there. And sometimes I think we get confused and think if we have a bias... we're not allowed to have a voice. So if we have a bias, we're not allowed to talk or have a voice about what we have a bias about. And I don't think that's accurate. Because as long as you're willing to admit up front what your bias is, you should still be able to have a voice and an opinion. And with that being said, I clearly have a bias because I used to work at the agency. And so I just want to own that at the very beginning of the podcast. I also want to own that I'm going to talk about some things that are very challenging for me to talk about because of that fear, that fright, whatever you may call it, that's causing that anxiety about how this agency is going to react when I talk about these things, how it will affect the community. I remember when I was first thinking and talking to myself internally about what I would say and how I would present kind of my reaction to the newspaper article, and every time I just kept coming back to, well, I don't want to harm the community. The local community has already been harmed because this agency has had to leave and shut down their physical offices. And I didn't want to cause more problems for the folks who are already struggling with what's occurred in the local communities. And I felt that there could be a way to do it that would be honest. And Fair that would promote mental health and would help people to see kind of the inner workings and have an understanding of how mental health businesses sometimes work and function to normalize that process and to talk about some things from my perception that might have been done differently or that might shed some light on how things were done initially so that folks aren't afraid to go and seek mental health services and to help those who have been kind of left out in the cold, so to say, by the quick uh, decision of this agency to kind of change their parameters and leave. And what I say by that is quick decision. In my personal opinion, it wasn't a quick decision. I'm sure there was a a lot of thought put into the decision-making process by multiple people in order to minimize as much damage as possible. However, for the community who were not aware of that or is not aware of what all happened there, it probably looked very quick without a lot of notice and they may feel left in the dust, so to say. So that's kind of what I'm going to talk about on this first bonus episode. I'm going to kind of introduce my thought processes, what kind of my fears are and having this conversation as well as kind of talking about my initial impression about the newspaper article and kind of the beginning of my journey to work for this mental health agency. And then as we go along, we're going to kind of continue to talk about that newspaper article, and I'm going to continue to promote local mental health, and I'm going to kind of continue to walk the audience through my perception and my experience being hired working for, and then eventually leaving this mental health agency. Now, as we start, I just want to say a couple initial things. First, I'm not going to mention the name of this agency. This podcast goes out mostly locally, but there's a lot of folks who listen to it in many different states and several different countries. In fact, I think there's 13 different countries that tune in pretty regularly to this podcast. And so if you're a local person, you may be able to determine what agency I'm talking about. And I didn't want to go too much into the name because I don't want to name this organization because I feel like this organization is going to be trying to do its best to provide mental health services and I don't want to disparage people to utilize them. Secondly, I'm not really going to mention any names of individuals that are connected with this agency or myself. I might mention things like my colleagues or the leadership team, but I won't mention any specific names. Also, I'm going to try to talk in positive terms about the agency and about my experience with the agency. So when I was sitting down to do this, my first initial fear was I'm going to disparage people from seeking mental health services. That was my biggest fear, and I didn't want to do that. I'm a proponent of mental health, especially in rural areas. So last thing I wanted to do was to somehow call out a community-based mental health agency on anything. Because I didn't want to disparage people from utilizing their services. And they still are providing telehealth services within the communities in which they no longer provide in-person services because they have removed their offices. But there was other fears, too. Another fear that came to about was how are they going to react How are they going to resist what I have to say? How are they going to silence me? How are they going to try to control what I have to say? Because in the end, I'm a single person. There's one of me. I have a small private practice that's new and a podcast that is also new. How do I stand up to a a community health agency that has power and prestige, a legal team, so that was one of the fears. That was a genuine fear. Uh, another fear, it was not just that I would get sued, but just how would they respond to my character? Would they try an attempt to hurt me or to harm me? How would my family have to deal with that uh, in the local community? Not that I would say that they would do these things whatsoever. I don't know if they would do them or not. I'm not them. However, the fear of that was inside of me. And there was a third fear as well. So the first fear was being afraid of the community's reaction, that it would disparage them from mental health. The second fear was how the agency was going to respond, because clearly some of the things that I might say on this podcast might be um, perceived as hurtful or mean. But the third fear was kind of complex. It was a fear of, if I do this, will it somehow hinder my work With people in the community. And what I mean by that is, is if I do this podcast, will it help people? And will it allow people to feel comfortable and safe with me to continue to seek my services? Or will it cause such a pushback uh, from maybe the mental health agencies or the board or other people involved that will basically destroy myself and my business before it ever gets started? And basically take one other thing away from an already hurting community that does not have a lot of access to mental health. So these were things I had to think about. These were things I had to mull over, so to say. And I remember originally I sought the guidance and consulted with uh, people who weren't involved in the situation. People who did not have a bias like myself. And that was almost as discouraging as my original fears. I got information on both ends of the spectrum. Folks that were like, absolutely. You should absolutely do this because mental health agencies need to be accountable to the communities in which they serve and too often they are not. And they can make business decisions that harm the local communities. And as a proponent of social justice and an activist for mental health, within rural and isolated communities, you should have a voice for those who do not have a voice for themselves as it pertains to the services that they have access to. To the other side of the spectrum, which was just as powerful and just as strong and just as heartfelt, which was, do not do this. Do not make a podcast like this. Do not say anything that can be considered disparaging against mental health agencies or the work they do because you don't want to disparage people from accessing the services they need for mental health and you don't want to get sued you don't want to destroy your business your family yourself by getting sued by an agency that has more money more resources and more of a legal team than you have so that was very difficult to get that kind of... But that's how it is sometimes with advice. You seek consultation, you seek advice, and oftentimes you get you know, both ends of the spectrum and it really doesn't help because you've already been bouncing back and forth in your own head about the pros and cons of your decisions. And then I kind of decided to go locally and ask people that were actually connected to this agency in the community that were my colleagues. And again... It wasn't as extreme on the spectrum. I got a lot more, yes, you should do that. I remember I went to a dinner party um, with the remaining employees and some of the more recent employees that had left the agency. I remember kind of sharing that I had what I was doing and that I had started a podcast and I had started my own business. And that one of the things I wanted to talk about on my podcast was what happened with this mental health agency. Why did things seem to go from being the best or having the reputation as being the best community mental health center around where everybody sought to work there to a mass exodus of therapists that seemed to be leaving almost weekly? How did this come to be? And the response was very positive. Yes, we think you should do this podcast. We think it would be helpful for the community to have genuine answers from somebody who is involved, who will seek to speak their truth and not necessarily do it in a way to harm the agency or to disparage people from utilizing the agency. And so that's why I really started to sit down and collect my thoughts of what I wanted to say, how I wanted to say it, how it was going to be respectful, how it was going to be kind, how it was going to be authentic, and how I was going to speak my truth. And so this is the first podcast episode in which I am going to do that. Now, as I talk about my response or my reaction to the newspaper article, and I will do so very briefly, in this episode, I'm just going to give you my bare bones just right off the bat. This is what I thought when I read the article. But before I do that, I just want to say that I have the utmost respect for this agency. I felt that they did the best that they could do in the situation in which they found themselves in. The leadership team has never done anything to harm me or to disparage me. In fact, they were very considerate even as I was leaving. And after I have left... I have still connected occasionally with my supervisor from the leadership team. And with that being said, my reaction to the newspaper article was dumbfounded. Dumbfoundedness? I was dumbfounded. I I think that's a word. If not, I just created it. I went to college. I can create words. I was taken back by the newspaper article and some of the responses that the leader of the leadership team had made to individuals who had questioned kind of what was going on with this kind of surprise, if they can be called that, but a fast exodus from providing physical services in these three counties. And i mean, going to kind of leave it with that there, is that I was shocked, dumbfounded, taken aback. Basically, it caused in me enough conflicting feelings and thoughts that I felt like I needed to say something, that I needed to respond somehow. So now I'm just going to jump back a little bit to talk just briefly about how I got connected with this agency. So I was going to school. Uh, I had just graduated. I had applied for this job. I had seen it on a, a different agency's website. I think I applied at like 730 at night. It was late. It was past 6 o'clock for sure. And I got like a response in 10 minutes at 8 something at night. And for me as a person who's been in the workforce for 20 plus years, I was instantly concerned. That brought up some red flags for me. And the reason why that brought up red flags is because in my life, I've experienced jobs that are so desperate to get an individual in the position that they will kind of pull the wool over your eyes in a way. You know, they won't be as authentic and as honest as they should be about the work environment or what maybe has happened in the work environment. And I'm not saying that this agency had done that, but that was my experience with past jobs and occupations in my life was that you had to be very careful if if a job was too interested too quickly because it often spelt... You know a bad work environment, and I have experience after experience where I was took a job really quick based on one interview that was done late at night, or <laughs> you know, and got the job, and then realized very quickly a lot of people have had the job, and a lot of people have turned down the job or have been fired or quit because the environment was toxic or the work was incredibly draining and kind of burnt people out quickly. And so instantly I had that red flag of, ooh, you know, this is a little bit too fast and a little too late at night for a mental health agency that was only open (laughs) certain parts of the day. And so I remember telling my partner at the time, like, you know, I don't know if this is a good sign or not. And I'm going to kind of leave us with that as that was kind of my beginning experience at the agency. So I just ask that you stay tuned. I'm going to do multiple bonus episodes to kind of talk through my experience, my fears, how this podcast, bonus podcast stuff came into being, my reaction to the newspaper, all with the goal of giving you a glimpse of kind of what I call the darker side of mental health, but not to disparage mental health. But just to show you that people are real, and businesses, even though may seem surreal, they're ran by real people, and they oftentimes have real problems, especially in a ever-demanding work environment, an ever-changing global economy. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that, so I hope you stay tuned. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast enough to share it with friends and family, and reach out with any questions you might have about mental health, and we will do our best in future shows to answer those questions. And remember, it might feel like you're isolated, and maybe you are, but you're not alone.